Hi guys, James Wilson Taylor here for Rock Sound with the latest edition of the Rock Sound podcast where you can catch up on some of our latest interviews. And today's guest from Ice Nine Kills, we have Spencer. He is talking us through the brand new album, The Silver Scream 2, Welcome to Horrorwood. He is also, of course, on the cover of the latest issue of Rock Sound. Make sure you pick that up over at shop.rocksound.tv. Uh, the album features those great singles, Hip to be Scared, Assault and Batteries, Funeral Derangements. He tells us a little bit about putting the sequel record together from selecting the horror films to developing the grander concept and storyline that wraps around the entire project plus how is this going to translate onto the live stage lots of really really exciting stuff and as always if you want to watch the video of this conversation it's up right now on the rock sound youtube channel so go ahead and search for our video call playlist okay let's get right to it here in conversation about all things the silver scream 2 from ice nine kills this is spencer I'm doing great, man. It's great to be back talking with you and uh, on the cover of Rock Sound. You guys are my favorite. Oh, it's very exciting to have you back there, man. Very, very exciting. I want to kind of get straight into it. You know, I've normally been saying to everybody, of course, hope you're continuing to stay well and the same to all your loved ones and bandmates and everything staying safe out there. Um, but it's very clear what you've been up to since the last time we spoke. The new record is kind of imminent at the time of recording here. And I guess the first thing I want to ask you about it really is... How was that initial decision to do the sequel? It felt inevitable in a sense, but I imagine it must still have been a little bit daunting knowing the success of the first Silver Screen was already there. Absolutely. You know, anytime you have um, a, a movie that's successful or, or an album that's successful, I think there's always that, that inborn pressure to, to one-up the previous effort. So that's always going to be there. But as a fan of not only horror films, but of the film business in general, and, and um, you know, a child of the 80s and seeing all of those movies that I love, like the original Halloween and Friday the 13th, and then later in the 90s with Scream, that excitement around what are they going to do next? You know, what's the sequel going to be? Uh, it just really drove me to, to push for us to really do that with this band. Let's, let's create a franchise uh, with with a musical artist and and not not a movie, and I thought it was a really kind of interesting concept. I'm sure it's been done before, but I don't know really to this extent of really kind of committing to it and making it seem like it's a movie. So it, it seemed like a a really fun idea, and I I I knew from the onset when we released the Silver Scream one that that that's what our fans wanted. You got you know they did Friday the Thirteenth on this one. They did Michael Myers. What, what, what are they going to do? What are they going to do next? And uh, I think we've presented a whole new set of films for people to really uh, sink their teeth into uh, literally and figuratively. Absolutely, man. Well, I mean, it's, it's always the mantra with any movie franchise in particular, isn't it? It's like the sequel, we're going bigger, we're going better. And you guys certainly have done that, man, because it is the ambition on this. If you thought the first one was ambitious with the videos and really that kind of theming, my God, you've really turned it up a notch here, man, haven't you? I mean, talk to me a little bit, of, I guess, about Without, without giving too much away for people because I want them to listen to it properly, but that wraparound concept, you know, we already know that there's an even bigger intertwined story involving yourself kicking in this time. Yeah, we had so much fun with the first one, creating our own uh, sort of narrative that we weaved throughout the videos. We thought, let's take it up a notch and let's, uh, let, let's really sell it on this one. So we've concocted this whole story where it basically accepts the last album and the last series of video is, is a work of fiction. Um, and this 
new set of videos operates in the real world where there was a, a murder committed and uh, looks like I'm the prime suspect or at least a person of interest in the killing. And uh, the, the police force has found these videos, uh, these VHS tapes uh, of these songs that Fearless Records wouldn't release because they were too violent. And uh, they're trying to use those videos and those songs and those lyrics and the content uh, as proof that I'm a sick and twisted individual that must have committed this crime. So it, it's an exciting story. And uh, we are releasing the part four uh, tomorrow. I don't know what, when this will air, but uh, we've got the next one coming up. And then once that's wrapped, we got to start putting pen to paper for the next series of videos. I've sort of plotted out the whole story, um, you know, a, a good year and a half ago. So now we just need to make the rest of them a reality. Man, it's so, so exciting to see like this kind of ambition come together. It really is new because it's even like, you know, people will have seen little bits uh, in, in some of the videos and stuff, like obviously alluding to this kind of grander plotline, but it's like, everyone's got into their true crime podcasts over the last year. Everyone's got into this kind of level of fiction. It really feels like it's it's of the moment, even though you're paying tribute to these things of the past. It's got to have been, I guess, a real challenge for yourself as well, actually, to have this new kind of space to play with above and beyond just the movie tributes, right? No, absolutely. It's uh, it's a lot of work, but at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's so much fun to do. You know, sometimes the hours can get crazy. You know, when we were filming the last few videos, we were doing some overnight shoots, you know, in the middle of nowhere in California and in the desert, you know, where it was like 120 degrees with, with um, crazy winds and, and like almost like sandstorm sand getting your eyes while you're covered in blood being dragged through a field at, you know, three o'clock in the morning. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's such a, it's such a fun job to have that, that I really can't complain. And we've had uh, the pleasure of working with so many talented people We've got an incredible team doing these videos. The director Jensen's incredible. Um, we've got uh, so many great cameos from the horror world. You know, Bill Mosley, uh, who's an icon. You know, he was um, obviously Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw 2. Uh, all of the Rob Zombie films he was in, he always kind of steals the show. So we have him as the, uh, the captain of police, hot on my tail. And... Um, you know, we've got genre faves like Ricky Dean Logan playing my lawyer, who was in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Dead. We've got Dead Me James uh, and Chelsea Rebecca from the Kill Count series on YouTube. And uh, the, the latest video that we're doing, which pays tribute to Pet Cemetery, it's called Funeral Derangements. And if you're familiar with the original Pet Cemetery film, the little boy who plays Gage, uh, the actor's name is Miko Hughes, and we were able to get him in our video. Uh, our video tribute to Pet Cemetery. He plays the truck driver that hits our gauge. So it's that kind of really one of the most ironic cameos I've ever heard in horror history that, that the little boy, the actor who played Gage is now playing the truck driver who kills the new Gage. So uh, we had a lot of fun with that stuff. Nice to throw all those references in man, for sure. And I guess I guess that sort of begs the question a little bit of like, you know, obviously you're a horror fan. In terms of whittling down, I mean, was it was it like a list a mile long of of kind of projects you'd like to bring in and you know songs you'd like to have based around certain movies? Like, how long did it take you to actually get this final list together for the second installment of Silver Scream? It was it was a little bit difficult, you know. Um, one of the one of the easy things about it is that we knew what we covered on on part one, and we knew what we 
I'd wish we had gotten to cover on part one. So right off the bat, um, those kind of presented themselves very clearly. Like, okay, we wanted to obviously do a child's play song. You can't do songs about horror and not, you know, cover Chucky. You know, it, it's such an iconic uh, movie that I, that I think opened the doors to, you know, things like Annabelle and other sort of possession of uh, inanimate objects. Um, and then really kind of our ears to the street. Um, you know, when the first one came out, people, our fans loved it, but at the same time, they're like, oh my God, you guys got to do this next. Like we want to, we want to see what a Hellraiser song is. We want you guys to put the Ice Nine Kills spin on Evil Dead. And so we, we kept that in mind too, because at the end of the day, you know, we love the fans. Uh, they're the reason that we get to do all of this. So we want to, we want to give them what they want. But at the same time, staying true to to the movies we love. So it's like a, a a nice middle ground of the stuff we love and the stuff we know that our fans love. Yeah, nice to see it all pay off, man. Finally, and it's it's been interesting chatting with loads of bands over the last year or so about their work in progress in terms of the music specifically, because you know due to the way the world is at the minute, it's been a big mix. Some people have been able to meet up in person. Some people it's been entirely over Zoom. With you guys, it seems like I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, a, a bit of a mix, right? It seems like there's kind of a mix of different sessions. I know you were working with Feldy a little bit there as well. Um, talk to me a little bit about, I guess, the working process behind those songs specifically. It was a, a, a real, really relaxed, actually, process. Okay. And, and that was the, one of the things that, you know, was the only good thing about the pandemic is that we got time at home to really, uh, to really spend a lot of uh, tinkering around and getting things just the way we wanted to. So um, it, it basically was constructed in a number of different ways. Uh, the first couple of months when people were still extremely uh, sort of over, not overly cautious, but still not knowing you know, if I go outside, am I going to get COVID? You know, so there, that in, in that really first uncertain period of time, there was a lot of Zoom stuff, um, whether it was uh, working with Feldman via Zoom um, or Steve Sobchak, a uh, longtime collaborator, Drew Falk, um, or the other band members. Uh, that's how it kind of started. And then two of the guys from the band, Joe and Dan, actually moved to California pretty early on in the pandemic. And... Uh, at that point, we started developing basically, a, you know, pretty much a weekly routine, maybe three or four days a week. We would meet up um, at their place where they have a studio and just write like hell. Um, uh, during that time, you know, I would get on a Zoom call with other collaborators. You know, we did a, a song with uh, Charlie Scene from Hollywood Undead. Um, we went over to Feldman's uh, for about a week uh, period of time throughout the, the, the early stages of the pandemic. Um, and then we would book time with True Falk and we would go and sort of record the songs one by one. And uh, it, it was definitely a new kind of process, really utilizing the world of Zoom, which, which you know, I was familiar with before, uh, obviously, but Zoom kind of became the new medium of, uh, of working and writing. So, you know, being, being fortunate enough to be in Los Angeles during this time, you know, our Drew Studios right down the street, the other guys were living right down the street. Feldman only lives 45 minutes. So it was, uh, it was, it was pretty convenient. Yeah, nice to have lots of different options in terms of that working style, for sure. And let's get into the music a little bit, because there's definitely a couple of moments I want to pick out. Um, I mean, first of all, I've got a mention on Hip To Be Scared, which everyone is, is so familiar with at this point. I just, I was waiting. That first time I listened to it, I was like, 
Are they going to do it? They're going to go full 80s? Are they going to have the moment? And then in it kicked in. Tell me a little bit about that, because that's, I guess, another challenge, writing your own sort of mini little synth pop pre-breakdown moment. That's got to be a bit of extra fun, right? It was a lot of fun. And that was the first song that I wrote for the album. We actually, uh, Drew and I got in the studio one day, and this was actually before the pandemic, we started writing this song. And we knocked that one out pretty much structurally, uh, melodically within like a day or two. And uh, I think we knew from the onset, we got to have some sort of breakdown that mirrors that iconic scene with, with Bale and Leto. And, uh, you know, we were thinking about how cool it would be if we really did homage that Huey Lewis piece. So Drew started tinkering around um, and created this really cool part. And, and we made sure to change it so it wasn't like exactly like Huey Lewis. So that's where that sort of idea was, was birthed. And um, as we progressed with the song, uh, we brought in our, our Francesco Farini, who, you know, we work with on the whole album. He's a terrific unbelievable composer that kind of takes our ideas and like sprinkles that magic sauce on him. And he was able to, you know, create some additional ear candy over that eighties part. And the, the, the coolest part of the, the whole situation is that, you know, when we presented it to fearless record and said, you know, this, this is what you call um, interpolation of the Huey Lewis song in this part, but still it, it, it was too, it was very close to the original so we still had to go through the necessary channels and Huey Lewis had to actually sign off on hip to be scared. And he, apparently he loved the song and uh, it's an honor to have our name next to his, because when you look at hip to be scared in the album credits, it says written by ice nine kills and Huey Lewis, which is just so funny. I mean, that's the best. That's so great. And I love that he, he got into it as well. That's so, so cool. An absolute honor, that is for sure. And speaking of kind of, you know, you know, making these iconic moments fit in with what you do. Again, the other moment we get to a song based around Psycho and the, immediately your mind goes, are they going to do it? Are we going to hear that iconic <laughs> knife stabbing moment? And not only do we hear it, it basically becomes the breakdown of the track. I mean, that's got to, again, just be such a such a lovely way to pay tribute to that, right? That was so much fun, man. And, and uh, I, I knew when we started to do this record, if you're going to if you're going to cover the slasher genre, you've got to pay tribute to, you know, the grandfather of all of them. You know, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween was obviously such an important move, uh, moment for the, the slasher genre. And he said explicitly, I'm here because of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. And um, that movie still holds up. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, and when we were writing that song, which was actually pretty towards the end of the process, we kind of banged that one out in a day. Um, I was thinking all in black and white. That, that's how, that's where my mind was when we were writing the song. And it, it feels that way, you know, it has that kind of vintage tone to it. And, uh, you know, you can't do a song about Psycho and not include those iconic moments from uh, Bernard Herrmann's score. Uh, and he's just an unbelievable composer that um, is so influential uh, and his work can be heard, you know, from everything from back to, you know, the 1960s, all the way through his influence on people like Harry Manfredini from Friday the 13th, you know, and Jaws, you know, he's such a, an influential composer. And uh, it, it was an honor to, uh, to take that formula and, and try to put our own spin on it. 
Yeah, no, an amazing, amazing composer. Lovely to see those kind of iconic moments come to life in this completely, completely new way. And, uh, and something I definitely want to bring up with you, man, and again, if people haven't read the magazine yet, I encourage you to go check out wonderful, wonderful profile by my colleague Jack in there. Really, really gets inside this album. But um, something you guys did discuss a little bit is what could be next, really. I guess the obvious question to you is part three. Are we, are we thinking ahead? Are we already thinking what might come next after this latest edition? Well, if we do that, it's got to be in 3D, right? <laughs> Silver screen 3D. Yeah, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's an interesting thought. I, I, think, um, I think with time will tell. You know, we obviously don't want to. We would only do it if it made sense and we knew it was going to be better than part two and better than part one. So I think the option is always there. Whether we do it the, the next time around, I don't know. But uh, I, I would say at some point, you know, maybe we'll be talking 20 years ago and people have been crying for, for the silver screen 3D and it's 2041. I mean, it's nothing's off the table. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I remember certainly in the, in the mag profile with Dummy, you guys, you know, the, there was discussion of you would love it as an ambition, at least movie that's that's the ultimate ambition whether or not that happens of course is you know up to you guys and, and various other factors there but that certainly seems like something you would love to pursue is basically taking this concept and and blowing it up even bigger right absolutely and, and that's really before we really dug in and started putting this album together i wrote out the movie i wrote out not the full script but um a treatment that outlined where the story would go the beginning middle and end and uh so we we've got we've got that idea brewing we filmed a lot of it obviously we could use about you know 10 or 20 minutes of, of what we filmed already so far so we've got a nice start we've got some great characters and uh i i would love to uh love to take it to that to that level yeah, fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. Well, in the meantime, we know there'll certainly be live shows at some point. I, mean, I know you guys have had the chance to to get out there a little bit out there in the states, but it's uh, it's you know, live music is returning. At least, fingers crossed. It seems like it really, really is coming back in a bigger way. Have you thought in depth yet how these songs might translate into into your headliners, into your touring show? It always incorporated a bit with the costumes and stuff, but it feels like now we could really go even bigger this time, right, with the storyline. Absolutely, man. We are hard at work, uh, working on the, the, the production for the upcoming shows. Uh, we, we did a few shows last month, about 10 or 11, where we were kind of tinkering around with different ideas uh, and, and started to finally incorporate video walls, which was like a real game changer for us because, you know, our set, we, we, we changed themes so quickly to different, uh, different films and different influences that we want to be able to really give you that kind of Broadway experience. But obviously we, we can't have tons of moving sets. We're not a Iron Maiden quite yet, hopefully maybe someday. But um, we had to kind of rely on something like a video wall and uh, it's been working out great and uh, very excited to continue to add props and add costumes as, uh, as this album sort of comes to life over the next couple of years. Nice, man. Excited to see it. Hopefully in the UK sooner rather than later as well. We definitely want to check this show out on these shores, man. And uh, and I'll leave you with this, Spencer. You know, obviously a horror fan. I have to mention it because everyone's got Scream Fever at the minute. It feels like people are getting hyped for this latest movie in the Scream franchise. I have to, of course, get your take on these new posters, all these new details that are coming out. What are you making of it so far, man? 
I am, <coughs> excuse me, got a little, <laughs> little scream in my throat. <laughs> uh, I am absolutely beyond excited scream. It's no, uh, it's no surprise or no secret that it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it uh, opened the door, it opened my eyes to really the, the world of incorporating humor into the horror genre. And uh, as you know, that's something we love to do. It's, it's kind of part of the Ice Nine Kills formula and the self-referential uh, genius that Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson and, and the cast brought to that, uh, brought to the genre. And um, I've heard nothing but really good things from people close to the film. Uh, obviously, you know, it's devastating not to have Wes Craven involved because um, you know, he's sort of the, the father of, of the Scream franchise, and he unfortunately passed away uh, a few years back. But from what I understand and what I've heard, the, the people that are making the film uh, is this uh, fantastic team of people that were responsible for that movie, Ready or Not, that I thought was really good. And they're huge Wes Craven fans, and uh, they really respect the source material. And uh, I'm very hopeful that it, it's going to to uh, reinvent the, the franchise and hopefully we'll see many more screen movies and i hope it's a, a huge success yeah fingers crossed man definitely exciting stuff i'm a fan of that franchise too so it looks very very cool uh, but in the meantime dude, congratulations on this record man seriously i mean i mean you guys were so ambitious with it i think you pulled it off in a really really great way and i'm really looking forward to seeing it come onto the stages and see how it all plays out live but uh, in the meantime take care of yourself out there man all right we'll chat to you soon thanks man really appreciate it Thanks again to Spencer for that conversation. As I mentioned before, Ice Nine Kills are our current rock sound cover stars. Go and get yourself that magazine and some exclusive merchandise over at shop.rocksound.tv. And you can check out the video of this conversation over on the Rock Sound YouTube channel too. We'll be back very soon with a brand new interview. Until then, I've been James Wilson-Taylor and thank you for listening to the Rock Sound Podcast. <laughs>